Hey, how you doing? Hello, I'm good. I was just telling you we had a fire alarm in my apartment go off earlier yeah. today, which stressed me out. You had to leave your baby behind. I had to leave the baby. And it was, I. it's always funny when stuff like that happens because it's like, they say bring nothing. And I'm like, but like my baby. And, think- <laughs> but I'm like, also like, I'd have to run into the guest uh, guest bedroom and get his carrying case and then catch him and then put him in the carrying case. <laughs> I'm like, this would be a hole to do. And if it was actually a fire, I would have done Yeah, but. exactly. When I was a kid, I was terrified of dying in a fire. That was, like, one of my biggest fears. Um, and my dad, like, he would always have to comfort me and be like, if there's a fire, I will come in and get you. But, like, in oh. our house in Phoenix, my sister's bedroom was above the garage. And, like, the garage had some overhang on the first floor. So she could easily just open her window, step onto, like, the slanty part of the roof over the garage and then just like only have to jump down one story and I was two stories up and I was we had our trampoline that was like right outside my window but I was like okay I guess like if there's a fire I just have to make it to the trampoline and just like jump to the trampoline not thinking that like then I could slingshot <laughs> up like into <laughs> lord knows where but I was very that's so concerned. funny that's a kid thing when I remember when we lived in Raleigh I I could theoretically, and again, I would not have done this under normal circumstances, but I could have jumped from my window to the back deck. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't have been like, I mean, it would have been like jumping a floor. Yeah. You know? But I remember being like, if I had to, I think I would survive that. And then I could get to the yard from the deck. Well, that was my whole thing with and my sister. That's such a weird thing that like kids focus on. Yeah. I'm like, she like, has in it. In case of emergency. She has it so easy. She just has to go really go down one story. I like have two stories. Like for her, it's a, it's a cakewalk. In reality, yeah. well, in reality, it would have been easier for her because I think she has a little bit more, uh, I don't know, like mental strength than I do. I would, <laughs> we've already talked about how neither one of us Goodbye, cruel sur- world. Of a survivor. <laughs> I guess I was meant to die in a fire. <laughs> yeah, I just remember like being really upset about it. And my dad just, that's like one of the things I would just routinely get worried about. And my dad would have to comfort me. So, yeah. Kids are weird. Yeah, I mean, that is to say that <laughs> if there's a real fire, you'll for sure bring your baby. Right, of course, of course. But it's like, I yeah, uh, of course I would bring my baby. And I did, I was almost like, if I wasn't on the phone, because I was also on a work call, which like, of course, isn't my priority. But then I, it is like the total thing where I'm like, well, it's rude to just hang up because I was interviewing someone. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, I can't just be like, we'll do this another time. Because, <laughs> like, let's be real, I might not. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I was just like, okay, if I wasn't on the phone, I would have just put him, like, in my shirt. And I could, like, scoop him up and, like, swaddle him like a little baby. But I was like, I don't really have a free hand. I need to grab my mask because everyone's going to be going down the stairs. Yeah. So just a real stress inducer for, for me on this Monday afternoon. Yeah. Well, I've been having kind of an opposite of a stressful day in that I've been watching Emily in Paris and pulling out my hair one strand at a time. I just can't abide this. Like, I just can't get on board with Emily in Paris. It's <laughs> the exact opposite of what I think I need right now. Yeah, it's like, I 
I'm beginning to question things because I like Sex in the City, but it has been a minute since I've seen it. I kind of hate watching. Okay, watch- so you're just now beginning to question things. <laughs> what episode are you on? Oh, no. I've been questioning it the whole way through. But <laughs> yeah. I also kind of hate watch Younger, but I always kind of boil it down to, mm. like, I'm bored enough, and I think it's just Sutton Foster I don't like. Um, I just find her insufferable in it. And then now I'm watching Emily in the City, and I'm like, I find Lily Collins insufferable in this. Like, do I think Darren Starr just, like, makes bad characters? Darren Starr hates women. Darren you heard it here. <laughs> I mean, he might. I don't know. Um, but I'm just kidding. Yeah, I don't know. I Yeah. I never, I never really got into younger. I watched a few episodes. Your um, mom's famously a fan. Jeannie does love younger. Absolutely, some Jeannie shit. She has many opinions. I'm sure. Um, I don't listen to them because I, I don't watch younger. But also, Jeannie does like Sutton Foster and famously had tickets to Sutton Foster and Hugh Jackman's The Music Man. We were all gonna go in like this weekend, oh. but instead. You're not. We're not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean. Would you believe? (laughs) Yeah. Hard to believe something got canceled in 2020. I know. Um, The shock. Yeah. I don't know. I just like, it kind of is doing that Sex and the City thing where she's only complained about money once. Like she, she like, it was going to a French class and then she asked her teacher if her teacher wanted to like go get a drink with her. And the teacher was like, sure, my, like, outside of class rate is 50 euros an hour. And then she goes, oh, never mind then. But, like, she's wearing, like, high-end designer clothes, never repeats. Like, they show her going to Paris for one year, and she has, like, four, three, three or four suitcases. Yet she somehow has, like, shoes and a purse to match every jacket she has. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. <sighs> I mean, yeah, I think it's just, I think that they just accept that that you're just going to take that. And I think, like, maybe adults don't realize that, like, nowadays you're either, like, so ungodly rich that you can, like, move to Paris and wear Chanel and then you never worry about money or... <laughs> well, the premise is uh, that she's working for, like, a, a marketing agency in Chicago and they own this, like, little small French company and her boss, Kate Walsh, bullshit. is supposed to be the <laughs> oh, one. Walsh. Yeah, supposed to, from private practice. The one and the same. <laughs> she was supposed to be the one going to Paris, and then she gets uh-huh. accidental or like surprise pregnant, and so she was like, oh "Emily, you're my, you know, like not assistant, but like lower on the totem, or like you're my employee. Why don't you go? Mm-hmm. This will be a great opportunity for you." I don't know. Mm. We don't need to get and into it. And then she was much, like, but... and then someone else was like, Kate, Kate Walsh, you're always going to be the girl that didn't go to Paris. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. It's a reference for three people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, it's a show. It's on Netflix. It's... Well, that's the thing about like Netflix shows it. like this. You're like, they just, they're just there. Yeah. And then you see enough people tweeting about them that eventually you just relent. Yeah, it was supposed to go on Paramount Network. And I think did that like network just like fully dissolve into nothing? Fully? Have I ever heard of it? No. Well, I remember first hearing about it because Waco was on Paramount. And then 
The pen, Heather's show TV watch. show was going to Paramount. Oh, right. And then that never yes, happened. Yes, I do remember, but that never happened. Right. And then now that there's this. ring vaguely That went familiar. to Netflix, so... Okay, so yeah, I wonder if that's if it's just like not not a thing. But like but younger is say? on TV Land. I knew younger was on TV Land because it used to be on something else, and then they moved it to TV Land, which is wild. Um, yeah, which I thought TV Land just only ever played like Andy Griffith reruns. Uh, but maybe yeah, I like I used anything. to watch it when I was a kid to watch like the Brady Bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, <laughs> it's wild. Um, we don't need to keep talking. <laughs> Oh, Emily and the Emily and Paris. <laughs> I'd actually, I'd actually, you know what? I, and I will say we shouldn't keep yeah. talking about it. We have Emily more important things to discuss, more timely things. But but real quick, how was your weekend? Uh-huh. Did you do anything fun? Uh, Did you good. make any meals with anyone? Did you watch a movie with anyone? Uh, yeah, I mean, I hung out with like some really awesome people, honestly. <laughs> um, like my friend Lauren Nariega and I. Oh, that's me. Like we both made salmon teriyaki bowls and then watched the thing. We did. It was really fun. Oh yeah, it was nice. Um, I would do it yeah, again. It was great. And I also watched uh, a million other horror movies. Uh, my aunt had a virtual bridal shower. I went on a hike. Uh, I don't know, you know, weekend. Did you ship. watch all the Twilight movies, or is that was that just a goof? No, that was a goof. Thank God. <laughs> Thanks for asking. That was a goof. <laughs> for anyone following along with my Instagram, I am doing a Halloween horror October themed marathon. And today I posted all of the Twilight movies as an obvious goof because it was the middle of the workday and I did not have time to watch five Twilight movies. Yeah, I've watched almost a whole season of Emily in Paris, but... Right. You know, we don't all live the <laughs> um, same life. But I will say it did make me question this whole endeavor because of everything I've posted, that is 100% the thing that got the most reaction, which is a goof about the Twilight movies. And also anyone that knows me knows that I've seen them a million times, so they wouldn't have been included in this marathon anyway. I mean, I feel like you would have watched it just so you could see your man. Well, I will die every day waiting for him. <laughs> and it's like... <laughs> thank you for bringing that up. I think, what it, I think it's called... Bader Meinhof, where it's like you, um, you like, if you, if it's something that like you're already thinking about, or like if it's like in like your consciousness, like you think that you're seeing it or hearing it more. And that's how I feel about that Christina Perry song is like because we talk mm-hmm. about Twilight so much, I feel uh-huh. like anytime uh-huh. I like don't have my phone or I'm just like, whatever, let's see what's on the radio, that song is on. No, I think Do you think that it really plays that like, much? I think it really does play that much. I mean, we have discussed, like, I that song was, like, play. I went to a wedding, and the bridesmaids walked down the aisle to a I know. Years, I went to a wedding, and, and that I, was their I, first dance. That's what I'm saying. Like, people love this song, and I do just need to know if they associate it with the Twilight song. Because I those, to me, I think... Like, that song was also just, like, on the radio at that time. So maybe some people don't associate it with Twilight. But how can you fucking not? Because it's the only thing I think about. And, like, I guess me and, you know, you and maybe three other people, including David Sims, tend to rewatch the Breaking Dawn Part <laughs> 2 uh, credit reel, from, or credits at the end. Wild. Which is fascinating. <laughs> and they play that song. And, like, I will just never... I was talking to Darcy, and she's like, if you ever got married would you play it at the wedding and I was like yes because it's like my favorite goof 
but also people would think it was serious. <laughs> but anyone who knew it was from Twilight would know that I was just having the best time of my life. Anyone who didn't would be like, oh, right, this song that plays at weddings, I guess. I think the only I'm acceptable sorry. way that you can play that song at your wedding is if you do the end credit montage. Oh, end credit. Okay, see, because I'm thinking. all of the actors who've ever been on in any part of Twilight. I love that. We could do the thing, you know, where people, like, make little videos of, like, pictures from them, yeah. from both uh, people's youths and then, like, show them growing up. Um, we we would set it up so that people thought that's what it was, but it was just the end credits from Breaking yeah, Bad Part 2. I think that'd be really funny. everyone's like, oh, right. <laughs> Dakota Fanning? Oh, right. I think it would be a really uh, great way for, like, to have, to stimulate conversation at the tables, you know? You're like, yeah. your your aunt will be like, oh, I remember her in I Am Sam. What do you think Sean Penn's <laughs> up to? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's and that's how that's how my family would react. And then like, and then the good news is, I think that sets you up for like a really interesting bridesmaid speech about how Rami Malek shouldn't have won for Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> I think this sounds perfect. And let me know when you want me to start planning your wedding because okay, great, great. We got it. Figured so out. I guess I there is like one huge thing missing from this wedding uh, thing. Um, and that would be, I don't have a dress yet. Mm, yes. Of course. Well, we can solve <laughs> That's that. the only problem with this. We'll be Megan Lauren in Paris, and we'll go shopping for a dress. Um, uh, you know that I'm more of a London gal. I know you are. If it was Emily in London, I'd watch, but then I'd want to kill myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, God. I, I was going to just backtrack. The person that I know who used the song as her first dance is a huge uh-huh. twihard. So I know oh. for a fact that she, that she they, knew what she, she was, was doing there. Okay. The the for mine, I think there is a very good chance that she did not know. Oh, okay. She just was like I'm I'm just I'll love simply you for gonna a have thousand to ask. Years. I'll love you for a thousand more. Is there a chill way that you like remember when you got married last year, like a full year ago, like 365 days ago um, at that wedding where people walked down the aisle to that song that was from Twilight? Do you know that from Twilight or did you just like that song? Is there, is there like a chill way to ask like someone the, that about the their wedding? The way you just and, phrased and, it right there. And imply that I've been, th- that this has been haunting me for a year. Is that like a cool, normal thing to do? Why don't you just send her this podcast episode when it posts and then you can just feel like, just made me think of you. Beats fast, beautiful wedding, great song. Yeah, no regrets. I just do want to know if she's a Twilight or not, I, because all I ever want to know is how people feel about Twilight. I mean, I feel like she had to have been if she's like in your age range. Most people were Twihards. I think Twihards. Do you know who I'm talking about? No, but now I'm thinking okay. I do. Okay, <laughs> well, we're just—it's okay. We'll talk later. Yeah. Um, but anyway. <laughs> Yeah, we had a, I had a good weekend, you had a good weekend. Oh, I was like, what did I even do? I went to that concert, and it was so much yeah, fun. Yeah, you had a great time. Yeah. It was like my buddy Anthony, we made plans of like when we were all going to meet up because we were going to drive together. And he was busy with work, and Mike and I were like kind of starting to stress out because we're like, oh, my God. I mean, the venue's like 25 minutes away. Like, who knows? Maybe there'll be traffic. We were like trying to plan like what time we should all meet up. I was like, you know, it might, it'll probably only take about like 10 minutes to find parking. And Mike is like, I don't know. I think it, it might take longer. So we're like, okay, very conservatively, let's leave at 545. Well, they didn't get to his place until like, 
6.30, I think it almost was. Uh, so we were leaving a bit behind schedule, and then we got to the venue, and, like, there was no line at all to get in. <laughs> and also, there were probably, like, I don't know. I feel like there were, like, maybe 50 cars there by the end of the night. Uh, so it was not very full, which is probably, we were thinking, maybe the reason why they picked the bands that they picked. But it was so nice because we had, like, our parking spot. Then we basically had, like, over two parking spots next to us, like, on each side. And then in front of you, all the space where, like, cars would normally be, like, driving through in the lanes. And so we brought a grill and we made brats. And um, we could bring our own alcohol, too. So we brought a bunch of alcohol. And then, like, the bathroom, I assumed – well, I also – I first assumed this was going to be, like, gravel. But we were parked on, like, paved road. And then I thought it was going to be like porta potties as the situation. And it was 100% not. It was like at an arena. So the bathrooms were inside the arena. And so that was really nice too. And it was just like the most fun. And we could see the stage and hear live music. And it was like the perfect thing where I don't think anyone, I was probably the person who liked both of the bands the most. And even I was just like there to have a good time. <laughs> So mm -hmm. it was a good time. Amazing. In my head, uh, Sister Hazel and Blues Traveler are like very like yeah. in the same vein. Yeah, uh, that's And correct. so every time you've brought this up, I've had Hook stuck in my head, oh. which is not a song that you would have seen played. No. Um, nor a very good song, but it's just I'm just associating these things. Yeah. Yeah, we uh we might go again just because it was a good time. Um, but yeah, like comedians are doing it as well. A couple of them. There was someone that Micah was interested in potentially seeing. Nice. You know, anything these days to get out of the house. Yeah, seriously. It's like wild because I broke the news to my friends that this weekend would have been the weekend we went to ACL, and instead uh -huh. we were in a parking lot. Why? Yeah. I guess, why would you bully them like that? <laughs> I was like, isn't the weather so nice? Think, we would have been at ACL this weekend. And they were like, oh, that's me. You're a nightmare. <laughs> but this outdoor Sister Hazel, con it's overpriced like pretty, Sister Hazel concert like is fun, too. Pretty good, yeah. <laughs> Think no. of all the money we're saving by not having ACL this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But anywho, uh, uh, what anywho. else? Trump has COVID. The whole Trump White House is going down. <laughs> oh, we're, we're, we're a politics podcast now. Uh, I don't <laughs> think that's worth getting into. But I mean, pretty crazy, but not like unexpected. But uh, yeah. I don't know. what do you want me to say it, here? But Mark? I feel like there was a level of... Um, excitement we'll just say <laughs> on twitter when the news broke i missed it i was like Micah. i missed it too i was asleep <laughs> i was asleep too and it's like it broke like in the middle of the night and i was like we mm -hmm. woke up oh and, and michael went home and then i texted him the news and i was like how did you not know and he was like i don't i like wasn't looking at twitter and i'm like you're always looking at twitter he's on twitter more than we're on we're twitter. all always no, looking at twitter he's on twitter more than i'm on twitter i would say that's uh okay well there's no way either of you guys are on twitter such as i'm on twitter right? he's probably more on, he's uh, I'm probably more on Twitter than he is during the day, and he's more on Twitter at, than me afterward. At Micah, at Micah, send me your screen time reports. <laughs> he has an Android. 
God damn it. <laughs> I know it's it really upsets me too. Um, <laughs> you date someone and every conversation you have is green bubble, <laughs> Micah. <laughs> you know. He's had an iPhone too. Kidding. That's a crazy this is, part. This is, this is not important. He, but yeah, no, it was funny. I woke up and I like obviously first thing I do every morning check Twitter because I have a healthy relationship with my phone. Um, I mm-hmm. and it was just like chaos. But I was I don't know. It was it was kind of a fun energy from Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it's like the first time anyone's had joy. And then now we're all just like, oh. and it's so fucked up. <laughs> I saw a tweet. Yeah, and it's this like, is, we're only gonna get in trouble by having this conversation. Well, I saw one. My last bit. I saw a tweet that said, "Can we just fast forward until two days from now when we're retweeting this?" Ironically, and it was like Donald Trump being like, "I'm stronger than ever," you know. And I was like, "That yeah, I I would love that as well." But anyway, allegedly he's he's leaving the hospital today. Yeah. Um, so speaking of bullies and assholes and people <laughs> widely disliked by the internet, uh-huh. uh huh. We were gonna go back in time for this week's uh, podcast ten years ago. A better time before we even knew what pandemics were. Swine flu might have <laughs> happened, but it wasn't a worry. Do you yeah, know? Any, were you definitely? In- you weren't in college when swine flu was a thing. Because no. I was, it was my um, freshman year. I definitely did know about pandemics though, because as I have posted recently on my Instagram story, I watched a lot of Twenty Four, and <laughs> super viruses were a big plot point in season six. Wow. Okay. Well, my college roommate had swine flu, and it was like she just had to go home. It wasn't quite what COVID is, but. You know, I'm not going to pretend to be a doctor, so let's just keep going down this one uh, right. tangent. We watch the social we network. We watch the social network. <laughs> Which, and I, it should just be said, we fucking love the social oh network. <laughs> Mike and I watch it, and he loves it too, and we, mm-hmm. we've like tried to watch it before, but then got tired. Um, but... We love this. I love this movie. He loves this movie. And the whole time we just kept like turning to each other being like, this movie rules. Like, is there anything better than this movie? I think not. And it's honestly, I, I try not to watch it too much in like the same way. I try not to watch like Titanic too much Mm. because I still want it to hit that good every time you watch it, you know? And it does. It's good. The pacing of this movie is like impressively good. I, I think that it is, like, I mean, essentially a flawless movie. We've discussed there is one thing that we we think that isn't, doesn't work as well as other stuff. And I want to know what you thought about on this round. I know we've discussed in the past Justin Timberlake is not our favorite oh, aspect of this. Yeah. Thoughts? Um, I mean, it's, I, we actually, Mike and I talked about this. I should have made him be on the podcast for this because he has <laughs> a lot of thoughts about the social network. But we were talking about it. He likes him in this. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, maybe I just like find him annoying. Or it's like his voice that kind of is grating to me. And it like seems, his like kind of like energy. stunt casting, you know? I don't know. I, yeah, I guess we might just hate Sean Parker. Yeah, that's what we. <laughs> which I, kind I think of, is absolutely true. <laughs> that's what I kind of like narrowed it down to when me and him were talking about it. It's just like. 
I find him like annoying and I find him like slimy, but I also think that that's like exactly who the character is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So like, is that Timberlake's fault? Like, well, actually, you know. But what I I'm also saying? think like he's the only one to me that doesn't kind of like disappear into the role as much. Like when he's on screen, I'm like, it's Justin Timberlake, which but is, I, think I mean, that's probably also because this is like probably his biggest role to date yeah so like I but think maybe that's because he's not a very good actor well Ooh. I mean I don't know he was <laughs> cast in a Sorkin Fincher movie <laughs> right and one of those people I trust <laughs> right um yeah I always thought you were gonna say that the the wor- the part about this movie th- that we both don't like is um Kevin Spacey being a producer <laughs> That's I I simply live in denial of that. Yeah. Okay. So Jay Timberlake, <laughs> yeah, he was in model behavior, which I loved. And then, like Alpha there. Dog, that was a thing. I've I've never, never seen saw. it, but that's like a, a thing. Um, right. And then like the things that I know him from pre this would be like. Wait. Oh, I wanted to. I'm trying to remember if he's in No Strings Attached or Friends with Benefits, and I think he's in No Strings Attached. No. He's in Friends with Benefits, which makes absolutely no sense because why would they name... They had two movies come out the same year with the same exact (laughs) fucking premise, yet they did the one that has the same title as one of Justin Timberlake's boy band's albums and gave that to Kutcher. It's boggling. And then Kutcher and Mila were in them, but not the same one. Yeah. And Natalie Portman and Mila Kunis were also like... The black... Yeah. yeah. The black swan. Like, it's just... That whole thing was weird. We can all agree. <laughs> was, yeah. 2011, man. What was happening? I could do a whole episode on just what was going on with No Strings Attached and Friends with Better Friends. I know. I liked... Um, which one did you prefer? Did you have one that you liked more? I liked No Strings Attached more with Nat and well, Ash. I was, I was going to say, I'm like, even like you Kaling. just told me, and I don't remember which one is which. Um, but I think I also liked Natalie Portman and Ashton Kutcher's. Yeah. it's But again, I don't remember, and I have not seen them in 10 years. <laughs> yeah, well, I think one of the big differences, like the Mila Kunis, Justin Timberlake one was like, she's a, like, a guy's girl. And they're just oh, going to yeah, start, that, like, fucking I around. because like I hate that shit. She's, she's just like, like, I'm not going to catch feelings. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> I drink beer, and I watch football, and I, like, fuck without feelings. And the Natalie Portman <laughs> one was, like, she was a doctor. I think she was, like, a pediatrician or something, and she was just, like, too busy with work. Both of okay, them are- the, bar, <laughs> the bar for female characters is absolutely so low. <laughs> Oh my god. I mean, you are so right. And I'm not like, I do feel like, as much as obviously society is crumbling beneath our very feet, um, I do think that maybe both of those movies wouldn't be made nowadays. And that's something that's nice. Yeah. (sighs) I just feel like what you're not understanding about Mila Kunis is like, she like doesn't really get along with girls, you know? Yeah. Like, all her friends are guys. I'm, like, now I'm wondering, I'm, like, do we ever... Because at least, like, Natalie Portman, like, Mindy Kaling is, like, her best friend in that movie. Fuck, are we going to watch those fucking movies? (laughs) In November, I might 
Maybe, you know how October I'm watching 40 horror movies? Maybe November's goal is just two, and it's just No Strings Attached and Friends with Benefits. I think that's a really good goal. I mean... I think it's very realistic, and coming off this month, I'm sure I'm going to need a little break. So, like, maybe, like, on, like, the 11th, I watch Friends with Benefits, and then, like, around Thanksgiving, I watch No Strings Attached. Oh, Jake Johnson is in No Strings Attached. Okay, well then that's my favorite one. Greta Gerwig as well. Oh my god, absolutely that one. <laughs> um, I actually did it where Greta I met Gerwig. to with benefits and I looked up the wrong one because I wanted to see if uh, there are any who the female who, if, the, if, who, uh, if she had Mila any Kunis friends. has female mm-hmm. friends. There are. She probably has like a coworker. Yeah, Woody Harrelson, Emma Stone, Andy Samberg. We're going to watch these fucking movies. God damn. I've seen both of them. (laughs) Well, uh, Andy Samberg would be in the Timberlake one. Yeah, this is the Timberlake one. a goof. Okay, so back on track with Justin Timberlake's (laughs) career. Before this, he had done, like, Alpha Dog. I think that got some, like, maybe, like, festival praise. I don't know. Um, Shrek the Third would be a big one that he did, which that's voice acting and whatever. The Love Guru that I didn't see no. I because it looked terrible. Either. And then, Obviously. yeah, that was like kind of it as far as like the big ones that you would know. Mm-hmm. And so then I, I don't know if it's like a, this is kind of the first time we're supposed to be taking Timberlake seriously and you're just kind of like he feels a little out of place. And mm-hmm. I'm a little upset that the Wikipedia doesn't show like other casting options. I wonder if I IMDb do think, has it. But like who would I be do better? I will give him a pass here because I do think it works well as the like he comes in and it's kinda like this harsh crash of like West Coast versus like the very East Coast beginning of the movie. Yeah. Like when they're at Harvard, everything is like very yuppie and you know, <laughs> New Englandy, and then when he shows up and he's just like such an overt sleaze bag, and Dakota Johnson is there, like that's that's exciting to me. <laughs> yeah, that was the first time I saw Dakota Johnson for sure. Yeah, she definitely did not register for me, but no. <laughs> good for her. <laughs> no. Happy for her. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to. Oh, Timberlake lost 15 to 17 pounds for this role. <laughs> He felt that making himself look skinnier would make him look younger. It definitely makes him look, like, reedier, you know? Yeah. I think that works. I think, I mean, I think he's fine. I think he's just the one part that when I watch it, I'm like, meh. It's Justin Timberlake. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, because I, like, obviously, like, I'm very aware of Andrew Garfield and I've seen a ton of Andrew Garfield movies. But when you watch this movie, you're like, man, he's, he's bringing the house down. <laughs> this is the first time I saw uh, Andrew Garfield. And I remember I went to see this movie with my friend Katie and she like, after the movie ended, just kept shouting at me. He looks like a Kennedy. And that's like <laughs> <laughs> literally all that How I old did. were you? <laughs> in 2010 i was 20 or 20 yeah i was, I was 20 okay, okay. or 19 because i'm like i think i was in i was still in high school and if my friends were yelling he looks like a kennedy i'd be like that's cool i was How 19 do you know what kennedy's look like? and that's so she's funny. younger than me um we do we still say a lot he looks like a kennedy about other things <laughs> yeah i mean he does look like a kennedy but yeah i um 
I mean, this cast is so great, you know, save for Justin Timberlake being a little iffy, but I think he still, like, does it well. Like, I can't find other casting options that they had for Sean Parker, uh, so I'm not going to get too upset on Timberlake for it, but... I'm, I'm not mad at it. That's just the one thing that I'm like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, it does, I think... Oh, it says, oh, weird. Jonathan Groff auditioned for the role of Sean Parker. Oh, weird. Can Jonathan Groff go that slimy? I don't know. This would have been... Let me... I'm One second, I'm doing mental math. After he was in Glee. <laughs> I mean, I think he was... I mean, like, he's not slimy in, in like, Glee, but I think he can play, like, conniving. Mm-hmm. I don't think... I don't know. I think he is... I think as much as Timberlake isn't great in this, I think he isn't charming. And I do think there's just something a little inherently charming about Jonathan Groff, almost annoyingly so. Mm-hmm. Like, he's almost too theater kid for it, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't... It's hard for me to imagine. It's always hard to, like, play this game of, like, if someone else was in the role. But, like, I mean, we talk about it all the time. We think Army Hammer is good in this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It just, like, Army Hammer. It just, it just feels so like it doesn't feel like he has to act all that much. You just like look at no. him and you're like, of course, like this kid would be playing paying tuition to go to this school. Micah was like, yeah. as opposed to what? Like, like why? Why is he, why are they like bragging about that? You know. I I I. This is like honestly, Army Hammer. In this movie's been so reduced down to that one line <laughs> where he says, "I'm six five, two twenty, and there's two of me." Yeah, <laughs> I think about it constantly. <laughs> and Hunter Harris, uh, when Army Hammer and Elizabeth Chambers broke up, tweeted, "I'm six five, two twenty, and she's through with me." <laughs> and I just do think there will never be a better joke in the whole world. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's just like exactly <laughs> the things that I'm interested in as one joke. <laughs> I mean, I just think he like looks so much like um, the worst. He looks like worst. a like New England like guy who rows crew, you know? Yes. It's no, it's so perfect. Annoying. He doesn't have to work at all. Um, I'm trying to think around this time he was like in Gossip Girl playing like a very similar character. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, he really had this market cornered because he's like such a little, he has such a douchey little face. And you like want to punch like, him. You like want to punch wanna, him. You like, accuse him of like <laughs> sexual assault and then punch him. He has such like lacrosse crew energy. I just don't trust him inherently. And the fact that <laughs> Luca Guadagnino got me to do a full 180 on him. Like that's just impressive, and I think it says a lot. Yeah. About both of these directors. Yeah. Uh, because I, I mean, this is this is impeccable use of Army. There's been some things that came out recently about just you know like looking back on making this movie and the actor who plays the body double, Josh Pence. He's since come out and said that, like, the whole time when they were shooting and everything, like, it wasn't known that he was going to be the body double, that they were going to digitally put Army's face on his body. 
And then it was like, I guess mm-hmm. the movie was being released, and then that's when he figured out like all of that time being on set and what uh, whatnot uh, uh, uh. was just like a fucking waste. <laughs> Savage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean. Uh. I just think this is such a good movie. And like obviously we've talked previously about like the scenes where that we're obsessed with uh uh fuck you flip-flops Ugh. obviously and and then I mean Rooney Mara absolutely destroying him with you're going to think people don't like you cuz you're smart but they don't like you cuz you're an asshole. What if, but it's just like what so about much when more she than says, that. Good luck with your video game. <laughs> savage (laughs) absolute like the only person who comes out of this movie looking good in my opinion uh no that's not true uh eduardo saffron deserves the world in this yeah for sure i like it it is just funny every time i watch this movie i feel like i've seen it a thousand times because i have seen uh the the clip of him storming into the office at the end a thousand times and then i watched it and i'm like oh like the rest of it's really good too. <laughs> yeah, I'm always surprised by how close to the end the fucky flip flop scene is because it happened to me oh, this yeah. go no, around it's... where it's like fucky flip flops happens and then like it's the party that gets busted with Caleb Landry Jones. <laughs> right. And right. then that's like pretty much it. Yeah. Like we go back to that's present cool. time and then Rashida Jones. Is like you're not an asshole. That's- you just try so hard to be, and then he starts. He friends Erica and refreshes the page. And Baby, a rich man by the Beatles is playing in the background. He's just keeping, <laughs> keep refreshing. I mean, it's I just think art. after watching it this time, I think uh, Rashida Jones is really good in this. And I don't think I've really ever focused on her, but I think she's no. like such a good audience surrogate. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I'm trying to where was very empathetic eyes yeah oh for sure I I just like I'm looking at the cast and I'm like I love everything about this Micah often brings it up because and I think it's worth talking about that the soundtrack is so fucking good and he's like that soundtrack was like my soundtrack for college and he's like I remember you know like walking to class in the snow listening to that soundtrack Granted, he's a really big Nine Inch Nails fan, but, like, I was listening to it uh-huh. the other day, and I was just like, this soundtrack is so fucking good. No, it's so it. good. There's, like, I've had, like, through my life, like, things that I would put on when I was, like, studying or working, yeah. and, like, Social Network is, like, top five. Like, if I don't know what I'm going to listen to, boom, Social Network, I'm getting shit done. Yeah. And it's, like, a much chiller vibe than, like, Boom Succession soundtrack I'm getting things done, which makes me feel like I'm trying to take over the world. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) It's just... I Yeah. It is one of those things, like, I don't know what there is to say because I'm just like, ah, perfect. (laughs) Like, I remember when the movie came out, Katie and I were obsessed with, like, I think this might have been one of the first, like, press tours that I was really obsessed with. Because Andrew Garfield and Jesse Eisenberg were, like, so close. They became such good friends in making the the movie. So, like, them on a press tour was just, like, them looking lovingly, lo- like, with, like, loving eyes at each other. Like, they, it was just so cute. And I remember me and her were obsessed with it. And there was this, like, fan video that someone made. And it was, like, a fake commercial to Match.com. And, like, where the couples would normally be talking about their partner, it was, like, Andrew and Jesse talking about each other. And it was just, like, so sweet. Uh 
But yeah, I think this is probably one of the first press tours that I was like obsessed with. Yeah, and this I feel like was formative for me. This was one of the first Oscars that I remember being like, I have to see as oh, much yeah. as I can, and like I'm having a party. Like all my friends are gonna come over. And we're gonna watch <laughs> the Oscars, um, and I I was very invested in that because also like you say, great score. Like every time a movie wins the Oscar, and then the score starts playing, and you're like, oh yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, and I remember too, because, uh, nothing against my family and I love them very much, but my parents were like, at least Jeannie was thrilled that the King's speech won. And I was like, that's a fine movie, Jeannie. (laughs) That's not what I wanted. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Apparently, um, Natalie Portman, uh, like had met Aaron Sorkin at a dinner party. And so when Mm -hmm. Divya says that, you know, there was, um, I forget all of the, oh, here it is. The biggest thing on campus that included 19 Nobel laureates, 15 Pulitzer Prize winners, two future Olympians, and a movie star. And then the lawyer goes, who's the movie star? And Divya goes, does it matter? That was Natalie Portman that they were referring to, which I'm sure we knew that. And she won that year. Yeah. For Black Swan. (laughs) Yeah. And she was, she apparently like gave Aaron Sorkin like, firsthand stories of what social life was like at Harvard during that time of Facebook just coming up, which is kind of cool. That's really thrilling to hear for me. <laughs> yeah. I just like, I just like Natalie Portman. I'm excited things are going well. Yeah. Um, that was also, I, 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 Inception won a lot that year, I think. Yeah. But, um, it's like very much ingrained in my memory. I'm just going through the uh imdb trivia as you know i love shoe and apparently david fincher's favorite mm-hmm. line is when mark goes i'm just checking your math on that yes i got the same thing and it was like the most basic <laughs> math that they show him like scribbling down <laughs> apparently the finch uh, loves that that's so. funny <laughs> oh did my you God. did you have any any lines that stood out to you I have another underappreciated queen uh, that I that this time I was just like, okay, Brenda Song, no, yes, please, psychopath, I love her. Oh my god, <laughs> she's playing it insane. Yeah, what's well, wild? I like Mike and I were watching this, and I was like, I remember when Bre- I saw Brenda Song in this movie, and I was like, what is happening? Like, how is she in this? How did she go from the Sweet Life of Zack and Cody to this caliber of uh-huh. movie? This is uh-huh. insane. Um, uh-huh. It's just she. I mean, she's doing great, and then yeah, Micah like Micah knew that she was with Macaulay Culkin, so I was kind of impressed by that. But what a uh, life she's living. I mean, I was just about to say, what a life. <laughs> uh, wait, uh. let's go back to so Josh Pence. He was a Ralph Lauren model, Army Hammer. They spent ten months in twin boot camp to match one another's subtle <gasps> movements and rapport. That is some Fincher ass shit. Could you imagine ever ten heard. months of having to just like <laughs> act like Hang Army, out with Hammer. Army Hammer? <laughs> I hope they're Do you in think the they were in the Caymans? <laughs> <laughs> we both made the same joke. Yeah, I hate us. Yeah, that's upsetting. Uh, we spend way too much time together, considering I haven't seen you in a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'm trying to find any other good ones. Any other fun facts? Yeah. Um, 
I'm trying, oh, this isn't good audio, but I mean, it's just, it's just good. It's just good. There's a lot of good shit. Um, I mean, and then the other thing that I think is like a masterstroke of this movie that we couldn't have known. And I feel like it's another thing, like obviously 10 years removed, we look back and I'm like, I haven't thought about the King's speech since the second I left that movie theater. And I think about the social network upwards of three times a week. All the goddamn time. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, like every and time I you feel think like, of it, you're like, fuck, I need to watch that movie. I know. And I think it is one of those things where at the time everyone's like, oh, like the movie about Facebook. And it was like kind of before Facebook was like really getting shit on, you know? Like, I mean, I think it was kind of, but like nowadays Facebook is a lot more like just kind of a garbage pile on the internet. Yeah. And I just think it's so funny that like, it's so dated and specific in a way because they're talking about the invention of Facebook, which sounds insane to us now, having lived in a very social media e world. And like when they're talking about blogs, you know, like there's a very real situation in which this could be like painfully dated. And like if it was about MySpace, it probably would be. But mm-hmm. it's just not because it just seemed like it seems so like intuitive about where the culture ended up going and about the type of people who would be like arguably people of power like I mean it's like okay well if you're gonna be dealing with these smart people they're all gonna be these little shits yeah (laughs) like Zuckerberg and Elon Musk and etc etc yeah it's uh Michael is really taken (sighs) by he thought it was really cool yeah, by all of it. But he thought it was really cool. Or he was like, <laughs> there was like someone on like in the crew that had to go back and completely remake Facebook to like a functional, at least like a semi-functional state. So it looks like how it did back then, which I always think is yeah. really interesting when like you're watching a movie and it's like filmed today, but it takes place in even like the 90s and you see like yeah. the computer and like even just like the mouse icon or whatever, like everything, like as long as like, they can try to get that right, which I know like. Yeah. And things have changed so much. Yeah. I also think, I mean, I think the marketing of this movie was so genius and so much a part of, like, when I think of the social network, I think of the social network trailer. Like, that's such a fucking good trailer. And then, like, the DVD case that's just his face and it says, like, you don't get to. One million followers without. One million friends without making a few enemies. Yeah. And I'm like, that's good. That's just some good shit. I, I, um, I have the movie poster in my bedroom in Charlotte. It's a great poster. Yeah. That's um, <laughs> what I, I definitely have that on DVD. And that's, it's just like a slick DVD. It looks great. And I think that's, I don't know, it taps into something because that trailer is so good. Yeah. <laughs> and that cover of Creep slaps so hard. Oh my God. I mean, and now we most see it in your Jeremy Renner video. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which I, again, watch a ton. Thank you very much. Yeah. You watch anything. That has to do with Yeah, I'm uh, just really up to date with the Jeremy Renner app drama. Um, and I am a creep. I am a weirdo. What the hell am I doing here? You know, like, you I just, here. all these are things that I think on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, so, <sighs> one thing that I just thought of that I love and that always like sticks out to me is that 
I love how um, Andrew Garfield moves his body in this movie. He is like, when he like busts into Facebook for the fuck you flip flops, he's thrashing around so goddamn much. It's so like. He also like leans forward in a weird way. It's like so disarming. But I also always really like his like little shimmy thing when they're at the (laughs) party. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) yeah. It's like he moves so strangely. I think the other thing that, like, in hindsight, I think is so impressive about this performance is I think it is, like you're saying, it's, like, very much like a whole body performance because this was, like, probably the first time I saw Andrew Garfield. I can't think of anything he would have been in before this. Yeah, no. But, um, and I, like, remember being like, oh, my gosh, he's so good. But now we look back and you're like, and he's not, like, like that all the time. Like, he was doing a character, yeah. you know? Like, and it worked. And I I love him with all my heart. And if the movie was all middling and then that fuck you flip-flop scene happened, it would still be a great movie to me. But the rest of it fucking slaps too. Yeah. So um, it's good shit. A few other <laughs> little trivia nuggets. Um, I mean, this is pretty common, but during the nightclub scene, there was no music, mm-hmm. obviously. That comes in post. So all the extras are just like pretending to dance. Um, yeah. Which is kind of like a fun callback to the Army Hammer, Call Me By Your Name, of him just like dancing <laughs> oh, yeah. in silence. Um, but apparently that meant that Jesse and Justin had to shout and Eisenberg said it was a challenge to not use their voice for like each scene mm. that they were having to shout through. Um, yeah. But yeah, and apparently the you dick sticky note was uh-huh. a replacement of a more profane word that would make mm. it so it wasn't PG-13. Right. Fun. Yeah. Um, was I think I think the first version was I'm sorry, I can't do this. Don't hate me. I think that was the first sticky note. That's, exa- <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Um yeah, I think that's Yeah. I don't I don't have anything more to add. It's a good movie. It's my that's hot a take. Good movie. It's a good um, movie. I mean, the moving pictures. It's just so fun. It is. It's like, it makes me laugh. And it's the kind of, like, it's like, I'm like, I could watch that again tonight, but I'm going to, I'm not going to. Number one, I have a million things to do. But number two, I like to, I, I like to save it for a little special occasion. It makes me feel like, it made me feel the way watching Fury Road made me feel. Mm-hmm. Like... I think every once in a while I need a reminder of why I love this. <laughs> and the social network is one of them. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just, it like hits every single goddamn time. It does. And I am thankful for it. I mean, obviously, it's it's kind of like the marriage of some of my favorite things. I mean, it's not like a novel idea that I love David Fincher feel films i love aaron mm-hmm. sorkin's writing we talk about that quite you a do. lot yeah I, mean, I enjoy his writing as well yeah so <laughs> it's just it's kind of nuts that this didn't get a bigger premiere this was the new york film festival interesting i feel like it was kind of like i don't know like i mean in hindsight like the thing that would have been exciting for people was Fincher and Sorkin, but Sorkin was like still mostly TV at this point, right? Mm-hmm. And Fincher, I'm trying to think timeline. Was he coming off? No, he would have had something in between. Uh, maybe I don't know. Anyway, I'm but up what the Finch um, was up to. 
Thanks. That would be great. Um, but I, I think it's just, it does feel like a, a New York movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, but I don't know. I, I'm glad it did well. Do you feel like, do you sometimes feel like podcasting with me is like podcasting with the Stairmaster? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. So it was, 07 was Zodiac. 08 was The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. And this is 2010 mm. and 2011 is Girl mm. with the Dragon Tattoo. Okay. I, I never remember where Dragon Tattoo falls. Okay. Interesting. So I feel like. I don't, what, what do people think about Benjamin Button? Because, like, obviously, we stand Zodiac, we stand a legend. Um, I, I don't, like, have any strong opinions at all about Benjamin Button. I've never seen In it. In fact, I think I remember it being kind of fucking weird. But maybe I was just, like, 15 and uncultured. <laughs> I've never seen it, but I feel like it's something that gets referenced. Often. It is something that gets referenced because I think it is, like, a novel concept. But yeah. I don't think people talk about it as, like, a feat of filmmaking. I guess if he was coming off that and yeah, I guess maybe it was just, I don't know, sleeper hit. Yeah. Um, it looks like Aziz Ansari auditioned for the role of Divya. Interesting. Which would be crazy. That would be crazy. Um, I And I also think like, I mean, at the time it was probably like, oh, like, why do we even care about the movie about Facebook? Like, that's like about like that's for young people, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Like, Facebook wasn't a, like that old by the time the movie came I out. Remember, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> I remember that being like some of the the discourse around it was like they're making a movie about like a social media platform that's like still like pretty new. Like, that's kind of crazy. Right. Right. And now look how and far And also, we've I mean, it's probably like, there were probably adults who were like assuming this was like the emoji movie. Like, <laughs> oh, it's that Facebook movie, you know? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and I'm like, watch the trailer, mom. <laughs> yeah. Um, it looks like Shia turned down the role as Mar- of Mark. Oh, interesting. I, I don't, I, I don't know if I think, think Shia's neurotic enough to pull off Mark. No. Shia has he, like, inherently seems too, cool. too confident. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like you can't have any BDE and also have that role, I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. I think that's pretty much it. I mean, we can talk about the awards associated with it as well because it like. Oh, I think I can do the Oscars. I think I know. I mean, I looked it up earlier, but I think I remember. Okay. Let's hear Three Oscars. Yeah, three correct. wins. It won eight three. nominations. Okay, screenplay. Yes. Score. Correct. Editing. Yes. Boom. And so it lost. Um, picture. Picture. Um, director. Actor. And there has to be one. supporting actor. Come on. And, Cinematography. Had to get in there. Ugh. Well, so the nominations were picture, actor, cinematography, director, film editing, score, sound mixing, and adapted screenplay. Mm. So no supporting. No supporting. Damn. Sorry, Andrew. I thought you had it. Yeah, unfortunately Should have. In hindsight. Who, will, you, will you tell me who was nominated for supporting that year and for what? Um, yes. Is this, is this fun audio for everyone else? I want Nora to tell me who it is so I can tell her why they're not worthy. Yeah, okay. Give me about like four (laughs) seconds to pull up the page. I, this is, we're just, I'm just slowly trying to make the show turn into blank check. (laughs) 
except for this is funny because you're being my David Sims right now, That's which right. is all I want in life. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you want supporting actor? Yes, please. Okay. So Christian Bale won for The Fighter. Oh, no. Oh, right. I've never seen The Fighter. Nor have I. John Hawks for Winter's Bone. Mark Ruffalo okay. for The Kids Are All Right. Jeffrey Rush okay. for The King's Speech. And what's okay. going to really make you go crazy? Oh, Do you want to make God. any guesses? We referenced okay, it's not- <laughs> we partially referenced it earlier. We partially mm. referenced it earlier. I re- mm. partially referenced him earlier. <gasps> Wait. <laughs> what year was this? <laughs> Is it a Jeremy Renner picture? The subject of our new favorite podcast. Fuck! It's a Jeremy Renner picture. Jeremy Renner for The Town. The Town? (laughs) Jeremy Renner did not deserve a nomination for The Fucking Town. I can't believe how serious the world has taken Jeremy (laughs) Renner so that he thinks he is worthy of everything that he gives himself. (laughs) Absolute nonsense. And okay, no, we can't get into this. If you want to hear about Jeremy Renner, you have to listen to The Renner Renner Files, files, (laughs) which is another excellent podcast. I was cackling when I had Seth Rogen talking about how he saw Jeremy Renner on that like (laughs) stupid ass like reality show. I'm obsessed because, yeah, so The Runner Files is a, a podcast exploring the Jeremy Renner app. And they are talking about how Jeremy Renner used to be on a reality TV show and how you can't find that reality TV show anymore. So they're like, we're going to talk to one of the only people who's seen this show. And it was Seth Rogen. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I used to watch it because I wanted to be an actor. It's about struggling actor. actors in L.A. And they're struggling <laughs> actors in L.A. So I watched oh my God. it. And they were it like, made me want to pee my pants. Jeremy Renner was on it, and he like notably was taking himself more seriously than anyone else. Oh my god, incredible! We, we can't just retread the Jeremy Renner files, but we might need to make like the Jeremy Renner files files, um, where we just talk about the Jeremy. Renner files. I mean, that's it's, I. I'm so upset we didn't think of it. Um, it's the only thing I th- I care about, honestly, these days. But yeah, so I wonder if this one. Uh, I I wonder I would love to see David Fincher's uh, the movies like that make the most money have made the most money for David Fincher, because this grossed two twenty four million on a forty million dollar budget. Yeah, I mean, and I feel like this was another one that was like in theaters for a long time because I don't think it came out. Let me think. New York Film Fest. Maybe I don't know when this dropped. Well, anyway, it's we not just important. Had the, the, we just had the anniversary. That's why we're doing this. That's right. Okay. Wow, really? <laughs> was that the wide release or the film fest? Okay. It's not important. It was uh, released at the film festival on September 24th, and then October 1st okay. was the wide release. Beautiful. Man, that was a quick turnaround. Remember when you could go see movies in the theater? No. They would come out in uh, in festivals, and then you could go like a few weeks later and see it in a theater. Dune got delayed today, which doesn't surprise me, but does make Dune me Dune got delayed the, the other day. It's um, French Dispatch. Oh, no, I thought it was Dune. I thought French Dispatch had been delayed. I th- well, that one was supposed to come out over the summer. There was, on Friday, there was, like, a tweet that was going around that was, like, Dune delayed. And then if you clicked on the link, it was like, you just got pranked. And I was like, okay, that was mean. <laughs> I felt attacked. <laughs> I just want to find out what Timothy and Oscar are up to. Yeah, what anyway, up we to. should get to recommendations. This is I'm off the rails today. My recommendation um, is the Runner Files. 
Okay, I was hoping you'd do that so I could do something else, but it definitely should be a recommendation. <laughs> I'm like seriously um, trying to scrub for uh, David Fincher's because I got an answer and I didn't like it, so now I'm trying to find a more reputable source. <laughs> I found an answer and it's not what I wanted to hear. Um, my recommendation is I'm a fourth done with my uh, Oscar or nope. October movie <laughs> marathon. Not Oscar. Uh, we might not have them. Uh, October movie marathon. And I think my favorite so far has been The Bride of Frankenstein. Mm. Slaps. So Yeah, we watched the thing and it was there. like real gross. Yeah, it was grody. Okay. I had that that whole day was disgusting because I had the fly earlier, which was also fucking disgusting, but also hornier. So maybe we should have done mm. that one. Um, but like gross horny. Okay. <laughs> I, sorry. I think I found it. I was going to say maybe this is just domestic because of what I just said, but now it says worldwide. Mm-hmm. This is in 2015. Can't imagine the social network could have that much of a resurgence, but it, it ranks as Gone Girl number one, Benjamin mm-hmm. Button number two. Seven, number three, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, which I really love that movie, and I never understood why I didn't get a sequel. As four, and then five is The Social Network. Interesting. Doesn't make sense. I forgot about seven, so that's fair. Benjamin Button is just, like, very much, like, the era where people would just go see a movie star movie, you know? Like, I could see everyone being like, oh, Brad Pitt is doing, like, a, like a serious weird thing. We should all go see it. But that is kind of crazy. Oh, this is, okay, they are doing world, I do see where it's worldwide. It, yeah, it says that the worldwide uh, Zodiac gross was $85 million. Which is nuts because wow. that's a very good movie. It's an extremely good movie. I just rewatched it. It is. Very I understand. Zodiac is very long, and I, I think extremely unsatisfying for people. Yeah. <laughs> so I could see like if someone went to the theater to see a three hour, three and a half hour Zodiac movie and then left, and then their friend was like, "Should I see it?" And they're like, "Well, they don't figure out who the Zodiac <laughs> killer is, yeah, which but, is like duh, mm. but it is like it does like kind of it, you do kind of get like we're gonna get it, guys. Yeah, I'd be a little more. Concerned. Which is the magic of that movie. I'd be a little bit more concerned if David Fincher and Co knew who the killer of the zodiac was before you know like the u.s government but i'm not gonna even go into that he could have done a tarantino thing you never know Um, i'm glad he didn't i think zodiac's great the way it is yeah but we love the social network we do love everything about it true um you are i recommended the runner files Yes, I recommended The Bride of Frankenstein. Right. We did it. We did everything we we had to do today. That's all. So now That's all. you all just get to watch The Social Network because it's not like we really spoiled anything by us just being like, it's no. so good. It's really uh, what is just there to so spoil? good. <laughs> Fuck you, flip-flops. Mark Zuckerberg's kind of an asshole. Check it out. <laughs> yeah, hot take. Hot off hot the take. press. <laughs> this very podcast. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Anything else? Cool. Glad we saved this no. one, this idea for quite some time for us to just be like, I don't know, it's good. It it is perfect too because like the social network is such a like fall movie. So oh, I was yeah. like burning a Honeycrisp apple candle earlier, and I'm like, mm. I am ready to talk about the fucking social network. Yeah. Did you want to watch it again? I'm gonna put on a little sweater and start talking really fast to Paddington. Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. 
All Mm. right. Well, Meg, till next time. Till next time. Bye. Bye. To follow us on social media, follow us at on the underscore download on Twitter and at on the download podcast on Instagram. You can also find us individually at meganspell.com and laurenoriega.com.